Welcome to General Depravity. The following is going to be a misogynistic rant against the psychotic piece of drool that is Margaret Kidder's character, Lois Lane, in the original 1978 version of Superman and 1980 sequel, Superman 2. I mean, if you're, let's say, an anti-Semite, there's a name for you. But what if you don't like Nazis? There's no name for you. There's no way to make hating hatred sound cool. I mean, anti-Nazi doesn't really have a good ring to it. But what if you're just misogynistic against a certain subset of the culture of despicable women like Lois Lane's character. I mean, her characterization was done so poorly that you could not help but dislike her. Because her entire character is a facade. Her character is that she's a strong, independent woman who is uniformly at the same time consistently also a damsel in distress. It's like she's a misogynist dream character. You could not create a fictionalized version of something as demonic as Lois Lane. I mean, and it's not her fault. It's not the actress's fault. She did a very good job at playing a completely despicable, ungrateful human being. I mean, from the moment she first encounters Clark Kent, Superman's inferior alter ego, she's talking to him, she's talking down to him, she's mocking his heritage because she's the strong city girl and he's the weak country boy and you're still sending money to your gray-haired old mother? And he corrects her, no, she's silverhead, like he has no sense of dignity or pride or anything. He has way too much humility, as everyone knows. And yet this meek, poor character, the one Superman portrays, uh, Tino, casts no doubt that he's the least likely person on the planet Earth that would be Superman. So she mocks him, and she mocks him for using the word swell, because, like, it, it was pretty uh, swell situation, Lewis. And she mocks him. And the first scene, the first time they go out together, 
It's Lois Lane and Clark Kent walking, and a man points a gun at them. And Lois Lane, in her infinite wisdom, she decides to drop her purse instead of handing it over. She drops her purse, and as the crook goes to pick it up, she like roundhouse kicks him in the jaw, and he falls back into some, you know, bags of trash, and he fires off his weapon right at the back of Lois Lane. Yes, thank God, I wish she would have been killed off right there, but she wasn't. Superman, the decent guy that he is, caught the bullet with his hand instead of doing the world a favor and getting rid of this plague, Lois Lane. He catches the bullet and uh, he doesn't even take credit for it. Uh, she looks and she's like, what happened? And he's like, oh, I must have fainted. And she's like, oh, what a weak pussy you are, Clark. Just a just a man pointing a gun at you and what you get nervous you weak beta male pussy and uh, and and so from there she goes on like this comedy of errors nonstop constant stupidity like somehow she causes a plane to crash you know it might have not even been her but I'm gonna blame it on her anyway she probably got her like heel stuck in the propeller or her hair or her purse and next thing you know the plane's crashing and you know how you're supposed to have like grace under fire calm under pressure she does the opposite of this she's the antithesis of this you know she goes into hysterics you know despite being the awesome reporter she supposedly is and, you know, the only reason they survived the plane, or the helicopter crash, is because Superman has to fly up, grab it with one arm, save her as well, because she tried to leave the helicopter out the wrong way. So he has to do extra work, save this, you know, this nothing, nobody woman, and the helicopter, and the guy inside. He lands it safely, and you think... Okay, this is the end of the story. Then what happens in uh, Superman 1? Well, what happens next is uh, he calls her a friend and after saving her. And basically at some point she gets a message from from someone. It's obviously Clark Kent, but because he used the word friend, she assumes Superman. So she has a date with Clark Kent, the nice loser guy. And, uh, but Superman just floats upon her balcony of her expensive New York high rise apartment. And, you know, she should be getting ready for her date. But Superman undercuts his own alter ego, so he's a psychotic freak as well who has no idea on earth how to communicate with people on any sort of normal level. So he's bipolar, and that represents his, you know, his Superman side and his nobody side. 
but she, she goes and she asks him, you know, invasive questions. Like, what color are my panties if you can really see through anything? You know? Typical reporter question. And she's in her negligee on her patio, just chilling. And there's all this sexual innuendo going on. She's like, is there, is every part of your body functional as a normal human being? And of course, can't Superman read her mind? I, I don't know how that works, but, you know. Like, why does he have to wonder what Lois Lane thinks of him? Is he actively blocking out his mind-reading capabilities to keep things mysterious? I don't think so. So, it's... It's the ultimate metaphor, and Margaret Kidder, if I'm getting her name right, you know, after her portrayal in both these Superman movies is so on the point for a terribly written female character that she went psychotic and bipolar and, you know, lost her mind, severe mental illness breakdown at some point after making these movies, probably having to deal with the criticism of being such a loathsome character. Like, no one else was going to hire Margaret after this. No one was going to want Lois Lane in their movie after seeing her pitch-perfect portrayal of despicability in celluloid form, which is what female Lois Lane is. So, meanwhile, she's supposed to be on a date, and there's this weird parallel between what a woman uh, wants on paper, and so while she's supposed to be on a date with a nice formal guy who made his appointment to meet her at a certain time, he's just there, in the background, knocking on the door, I mean, hypothetically, while she's out, you know taking a ride to the moon and the stars. And she comes back with her hair all frazzled and, you know, she's had her sky orgasm. And once she returns, Clark Kent is at her door. And she's all uninterested and belittling him and telling him, you're, you're too much of a passive um, twat for me to really care about in any sort of meaningful way. So your, what you think are subtle hints and gestures that you are attracted to me are unattractive. So you don't hear about much in, about, uh, much from Lois Lane until the end of the movie when she manages to screw herself over again, investigating uh, plots of land that are being sold in California. So she gets herself into an earthquake scenario. And Superman, for no apparent reason, is attracted to the most ungrateful person on Earth. And uh, she gets swallowed up by, a, by a, an earthquake in the San Andreas Fault. And she gets... You know, she gets crushed and killed by rocks. And again, another great movie moment that should have been the end of her. 
But what does Superman do? He's super pussy whipped because he flies out into outer space, spins around the Earth in the opposite direction so quickly, time reverses, and then he spins it back into orbit, and then he goes back to Earth just so he could be with Lois Lane, who says, there's just been an earthquake. And even though everything's fixed and perfect now, I mean, the first thing she does is complain about how late he was and how much of an asshole he is. And okay, you're thinking, well, that's, you know, that's a poorly written female character, definitely deserving of any hate she gets, you know, every bit is justified, but, you know, is this really noteworthy? Well, not until part two. I don't know if she's in three, I haven't seen it, I don't think she is. But in part two, she reprises her role as the greatest cunt of human history, at least uh, amongst civilized, decent people. I mean, you can't include, you know, all the negative bad women in female history. But any woman of this type of disposition is basically, you know the unwritten Nazis of our generation. So she, in part two, at the beginning, she's already in full-on twop mode. She's in Paris in the Eiffel Tower. She's not enjoying herself. I mean, aren't you supposed to be romantic when you're in Paris? But no, she's being this investigative journalist driven by her own ego has been stated several times. I mean, even her boss in the first movie says to her, Hey, Lois, this is just sensationalistic journalism that's ego-driven. But she doesn't care. I mean, I mean, she's, she's invading. She's getting herself into a very dangerous situation, putting other lives at risk, her own life, and making people have to clean up after the messes that she creates. So... There's an elevator, and she attaches herself to the bottom of the elevator that's, you know, got like a nuclear weapon or some sort of dirty bomb inside of it that's going to destroy the city of Paris. Now, what exactly was her goal? She doesn't try to do anything or stop anything or help anything. She just wants to report on the story and almost gets herself killed. She's irresponsible, and even as she's, you know, underneath the elevator trying to get a story from a bomb or whatever she's doing, she even says, you know, oh, well, I'm going to win a Pulitzer Prize. No, 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 I'm going to win a Nobel Prize. It's completely egotistical and nonsensical and once again forces Superman to save the day. So, you know, he shows up. He says, uh... This is your stop, lady. Get off the elevator. Saves her from colliding. And uh flies the elevator bomb out the top of the Eiffel Tower into outer space. Um, throws it out into outer space. It explodes. And, uh, um, and here's an aside. There are two different versions of Superman 2. One is the original Richard Donner cut that was never finished, never completed in his vision. I mean, they did release it and they added some scenes or they try to make up for what they didn't have filmed. And in there, she tries to kill herself 
And in this new one, part two, she tries to kill herself as well. There are two alternate takes for how she tries to kill herself, which makes you hate her twice as much. In the Richard Donner cut, uh, the unofficial one, she like jumps out the building, the Daily Planet, and, you know, has Superman save her. Uh, somehow, like he, he like, he tries to save her without hinting that he's Superman. So he like makes a window shade grow long and pulls it out and she bounces off of it and falls into some vegetables or something. In the official version, this is what she does. They're investigating. So they're in a, they're in like a hotel room that's really tacky and that's meant for, you know, honeymooners. And, uh, she, at some point when they're out and about, she's convinced that he's Superman. So what she does is she jumps into a lake, this really wild river. And he doesn't want to expose the fact that he's Superman, but she doesn't even know for sure. She's a fucking psychotic. She jumps into a river. She could easily bounce her face into some rocks. And what he does to save her is he uses his laser eyes to make a, a tree fall down. And so she could hang on to it. And she's like, oh, what a silly girl I am. You know, just putting people's lives at risk and endangering, causing unnecessary hassle yet again. She really does have a very genuine mental disorder in the movies. Uh, from there, she, she finally gets it out of Superman that he is the, uh, the, that Clark Kent is actually Superman. She gets it out of him. And, uh, so he's like, okay, fuck it. This bitch is persistent. I'm just going to be out with it. Because he loves her for some apparent reason, despite her complete lack of lovability. Um, and from there, you know, he does nice things. He shows her his fortress of solitude and such. And, you know, he's kind of getting tired of being the main guy who's like, always cleaning up the messes everyone else is making the lack of decency and uh, diplomacy but uh she wants he he wants her to be with her and in typical shitty female of this variety fashion she asks him to give up his powers, basically, because that's the only way he can be with a human girl, I guess, and maybe get her pregnant or whatever the underlying theme is. So she asks him, and this is made, this movie had to have been written by a brilliant misogynist because, <laughs> like, this is, this is the absolute worst characteristics a woman could ever have all combined in the same character who's supposed to be you know, a decent character, but she isn't. Just give up your superpowers and then you can be with me. The thing that made me attracted to you, just get rid of that and we can be together. You know? 
forever. So what does he do? He loses his superpowers. And he's basically saying, you know, well, when you, when you love a woman, you gotta be normal. You gotta give up certain things. You know, it makes you human. It makes you vulnerable. You're no longer mortal. And it's sort of like a call to what the writer must have been feeling. You know, you have strength when you have individuality. And you don't have that when you're coupled with someone. But you have strength, you have talent, you have all the time in the world. You can live your life the way you want to live it every second of the day because you don't have this dependency of another person. So that's why they call it his fortress of solitude. He had solace. He had solace in his aloneness. He was very happy, you know. But to care about someone else makes you weakness. You can bleed again like he does when he gets into that, you know, fight at the restaurant with the, you know, he becomes weak because he loves. And she asks him to give up all his life's work, the thing that gives him meaning and individuality, just so he can, you know, come inside the, you know, the, the lady. That's it. That's her only draw. Other than that, you know, give up what I wanted from you, what made you amazing, what makes you amazing to other people, and you can have my womb. So once that happens, inevitably the world goes back to being like shit, and three aliens invade, who Superman must then defeat, and then he comes crawling back, begging to his deceased father, you know, don't forsake me, let me get my powers back. Because once this happened, she realized what a wimp I am, you know, getting tossed around by the common man. Because all he was anymore was normal, you know. He didn't have his intelligence or strength or uh, swagger or mojo. It was all stripped from him. Because that's what she wanted. So the world's going to shit. And she's getting slapped around by like aliens. And she's trying to slap aliens back. Because she has no sense of order. She's just indicative of making every mistake ever. That's her character. And you know. And so she, now she's back with Clark. Who is just Clark. You know. She belittled him. She's like you got to be more aggressive. But. But once she found out he was Superman, she's like, no, I gotta tame you and make you normal. So the world goes to shit. And, uh, and then even after the world goes to shit, how does she show his appreciation upon saving the world that has gone to shit? She complains at the end of the movie. She's like, Oh, it's like being the wife of a, of a fisherman who's out at sea six months. She invents some story to how she's so oppressed and awful. And because he's Superman and has obligations, being the most powerful, unique uh, man on Earth, capable of bringing about world peace. And she has to make it about her. 
because Lois Lane is the biggest, most well-certified C-bomb of all time. A garbage person. I mean, Superman should have just brought her up into the atmosphere, left her there, and then just went back down, and, you know, just chilled. Just floated around, been a voyeuristic pig. Then you would have had some respect for the guy. Because he had no self-respect when it came to women. That was always his thing. Because he's always too afraid to show his powers. So that's the message you can take from all this. Don't be afraid to show your powers. Or you'll end up with a Lois Lane... Lowest anything ever.